welcome back, guys, to Ignite Your Faith, the third episode. Um, I, you know what? I'm glad we finally made it to this third episode. But anyways, guys, I'm Jason, and across the table is the man, Alex. You know him. You love him. You got to love him. He's got a beautiful beard. Look at him. Uh, anyways, we are the Bearded Christians, guys. Uh, today, today, we got kind of uh, an interesting episode. Uh, I think this is going to really hit home for a lot of people. Um, I have seen uh, numerous posts on Facebook. I don't know, Alice. You don't do Facebook Not um, too much, but uh, I, I'm in a couple of Christian groups, and through those groups, I see a lot of uh, guys asking for help, um, mainly prayers, and a lot of guys going, "Oh man, I'm battling demons," and it all goes back to lust. Um, I feel like lust is a number one issue. In Western civilization, oh, yes, it absolutely. really seems to be one of those those issues. Everybody's cheating on everybody. Divorce rates fifty percent. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna let you kind of give a definition. No, sure, yeah. So let, let's before we. I just thought before we get started into the effects and the problems and everything on lust, get into um, defining it. Uh, in our language and also in the Bible, right? Absolutely. So just to give a, a little background, lust, um, we see lust first, the idea of lust first come in to, uh, to play with the Ten Commandments, right? So we have the, the very last commandment. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. This is the the beginning of lust this is also what is referred to in jesus in um when he's given the sermon on the, on the mount in chapter five and he says you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery but i say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart so you have covet then becomes lust. So what is what is covet? Covet uh, is a a a heavy desire of something that is somebody else's, right? Right. So you see the beginning of covet with with um, Lucifer and Satan in heaven. He coveted the power of God. Right. Right. It's, so it's, it's like a longing. For yes. Like of, a, uh, of the, something that's, that belongs or not to yours. It's not uh, desire is one thing, but coveting is desiring something that is not rightfully yours. So would you say jealousy comes out of that as well? Probably a part of it. Yeah, I mean, coveting something, envy, jealousy, all of that stuff arises from me not having what you have and I want it. Right. Right. So then we get to lust is coveting can be anything. Lust is lusting after another man's wife with the intent of sex, right? Okay. Because Jesus says, you you have heard it said that, that it is wrong for a man to commit adultery. That is the action Right, he said. But I say that if a man ha- desires a woman with lustful intent, so now he's saying the intent that uh, that comes before the adultery that's wrong. The reason that this is interesting because in the Ten Commandments, the last few commandments, the last three, um, just really, really quick, it says, "You, you shall not." 
commit adultery. And then it says, you shall not steal, which deals with your neighbor's property. Right. You shall not tell a false testimony against your neighbor, deals with lying to, to, to your neighbor. Then it says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. This deals with, with desire. So your actions should not take from, from your, your neighbor. Your mouth should not speak lies to your neighbor. You, you should not covet or even desire things. So in the last 10, in those last three commitments, he's covering your actions, your, your mouth and your motives for, for what you're doing towards your neighbor. And then Jesus follows it up and says, you've heard it, it's wrong to commit adultery, but I'm telling you the desire itself to, to look at something with a sexual desire. That's wrong. It's a heart issue. It's not just the action. Right. We're looking at the heart here. Okay, curveball. Okay. So can you connect that with loving thy neighbor? So you have a specific set of rules that at, at the end of the, the Ten Commandments and telling you not to lust after or even have the desire to go after your neighbor's things. So can you tie that to loving thy neighbor? So what the opposite of that, uh, let's say if, if I'm coveting something that's yours, instead I want you to, I want God to bless you. Right. Right. Yours is like, I want blessing. I don't want to take from you. Right. I want to bless you. So it's just wanting more for your neighbor, loving your neighbor, not, not seeing something, but when you see it being grateful for your neighbor and your enemy, that's, I mean, that's why Jesus said to love. Right. It is to, to like, for me, not that I have like death enemies that will wish death upon me, but, 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 but people that, Man, I don't <laughs> people that I don't get along with like enemies, right. Yeah. I still bless. I, I, I intentionally pray for God's blessings on them, right? And to me, that's the opposite of coveting. And gotcha. so when we're talking about lust, the root comes all the way down to the Ten com- com- Commandments, and then it's desiring um, a spouse or a person that's not yours with sex- because of sexual desire. Right. Because that's specifically because that's what... Because you can have unhealthy, like lust for things, but in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, he followed it with adultery, right? So he's saying the, specifically the sexual thoughts and the, the desires deviance. that led to the adultery right. is what led to the adultery is just as wrong as the adultery. So it, he's like nipping in the bud now. Gotcha. I like that. That was that's actually really fantastic, um, especially. The way you just related that to coveting the neighbor or coveting, not thou shalt not, whatever you said about the neighbor, <laughs> not doing that. Um, anyways, so guys, we have some statistics. I think we're going to go straight into providing you guys with some statistics. Um, this has to do with, uh, it's five statistics that deal with pornography addiction um, that I found on a website. Um, by Recovery Village. Actually, it's not their website. They actually are a company that specializes in many forms of rehab, and it includes substance abuse, uh, pornography, sexual addictions, things like that. Um, so number one, uh, it comes right off the bat, 40 million adults visit pornography websites regularly. <laughs> That's a lot. That means 40 million people are literally doing things they should not be doing on their phone or their computer. Um, then you go to number two, 10% of us adults admit to having an addiction. And I believe that is to porn. Um, then number three is 17% of all women have a porn addiction. That one kind of shocked me. Yeah. Um, I felt like this is more prevalent within men and it probably is, but 17% feels like that's a pretty big 
big number, but I mean, I know women have their own sexual appetites, but I, I just kind of, for whatever reason, that threw me off because I felt like men is the problem. Here. Yeah, yeah. It's you don't. Uh, it seems like it. It seems like I don't know if it's a newer phenomenon or if it's just maybe because we're paying attention more. But it seems like women are. You're seeing it like with, with these stats how they're they're getting more and more into viewing porn. But I still believe it's a. It's. More it's, the guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. We love you. <laughs> we do feel like it is uh, more of a testosterone kind of thing, um, and it's it's sad because I have seen guys that are actually addicted to uh, sex, and it, it oh, really absolutely. destroys them. Yes. Um, so number four, we have twenty percent of men and thirteen percent of women admit to accessing accessing porn at work. Now I did a, or I did look up a few things, but I did not grab the statistics. But it actually broke down to how much actual uh, time at work was lost, how much it actually costed the company, the like the entire United mm-hmm. States as far as uh, all the companies, and it was up in the billions of hours lost of people work because they're looking at pornography at work. See, out of all the ones that get me, that one gets me the most. The porn at work? Yeah, because I just don't get that. Like, so I, mean, I see. I would be too scared, man. Like, like I mean, like I, I do not want to be caught looking at. I don't want to be caught looking at porn <laughs> anytime. But, right. but at, at, at work, like that's just that one. Like, like that's just, well, and so we'll get into it. I think a little bit lower. I think um, I have a. It explains it a little bit about why it's at work. It's in a, a blog by Dr. Sean McDowell. Okay. Um, we'll get in that a little bit later. But anyways, um, but I do feel like because people are stuck at their offices, and I feel like that's probably the biggest point of where it would probably happen is you got people that get bored behind their computer, and then they just start typing in yeah, no, yeah. funky little things they shouldn't be typing in, and next thing you know, you're off to the races. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess if you think about it like an addiction, I got high at work. When I wasn't supposed to all the time. Right. So if porn is just there. It is, it's like right there. Exactly. Right so like you can so easily yeah. access it. But nowadays, yeah. so a lot of these companies, they have firewalls in, installed. Um, they literally see your online activity at all yeah, times. Yeah. So you really need to just not do it. But <laughs> watch yourselves because it is. It, they are cracking down on it because it is causing a lot of lost time for these companies. Um Anyways, and then I have number five is 70% of women admit to keeping internet activity hidden from public. I don't think that refers to just pornography. Yeah, I don't think so either. I honestly believe that that is um, having affairs or flirting, Mm -hmm. um, doing dirty things that you shouldn't be doing online, Um, you know, specific websites, which I'm not going to give websites out because that's just not how we are. We're Christian. (laughs) Uh, we don't believe in that kind of stuff. But um, I do think that a lot of it has to do with specific websites where you perform specific acts and you do things that you shouldn't be doing in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, I know – so I know back with uh, – I want to say I was with – I was still work doing, doing a lot of work with the United Bikers um, uh, charity, and uh, there was – a lady that come to find out that, man, it was a long story. And one day I'll have to give you the entire story because it's actually kind of funny. But come to find out this lady was not who she said she was. 
um, was supposed to be helping us uh, with uh, human trafficking and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, man, she was doing things on Backpage that she are. Is it Backpage? Uh, back then, was it Backpage? I think they're, they shut yeah. down now because yeah, they yeah. got sued for human trafficking. But yeah, no, yeah, because I used to, I was a big Riverfront Times guy, and Backpage was in the back of uh, yeah, it was Backpage. Backpage. Yeah, yeah, that's so what it was. she yeah, was yeah. apparently doing things on Backpage that she wasn't supposed <laughs> to be doing. Yeah, um, it was really ridiculous, but. So, needless to say, I kind of have firsthand account of that. That was that was crazy. Um, so, my next question, um, and I'm gonna probably let you kind of break into this. Why does sex dominate the Western culture? Oh, in my opinion, it's because it sells. It's what? It's because it sells. So it, it makes sells? it makes money, right? Because so. I mean, it's the oldest profession in the history and history. Right, because so it, it in in Western cult, so Western culture is all about feeding off of our natural dire desires and inclinations, no matter what they are. Right, right. fear is another one. Right, right. So they'll they'll social media, everything. The reason you see more negative things is because we tend to look at more negative things longer because of a survival mechanism. So it's natural to look out for negative things because in case something might happen, right? Right. Sex is another natural drive. It's an, it's natural. So my question is, would it, so I agree with what you're saying there, but my question is, is now that we have it at our hands, is it more, we're curious and we want to see these negative things. So like you see a lot of people on like Instagram or on Facebook, or they post pictures of people fighting or um, mm-hmm. just weird, crazy things happening. But now that we have the ability to access taboo things, that mind has been stirred, and it's not it's not so much as uh, uh, raw nature as it is now. Ooh, I can go check this out. I can go see people being murdered. I can go see this, and I can see that because I want to. The things that they're seeing itself is not the nature, but the system upon which the images is playing upon is absolutely nature. Okay. Right? Right. So, so um, like, it's not natural to see all the murder, right? Right. But the negative emotion were tilt toward it, right? Second, it, it, it's also a coping mechanism to get us out of the world that we're in. Okay. Right? And so it's all... It all and uh, we'll get into it. It serves a need. It's fulfilling a need, whether it's the fear stuff or the lust stuff. It's fulfilling a need that we're not getting. Okay. Um, uh, for whatever reason. And this is why <laughs> nowadays I find that it is like, so I always compare nowadays to back then, like the old Testament or when the Bible was actually put together and, <laughs> And I always think, like, I think I even told Miss Amanda this. I was like, you know, back then they didn't really have as much stuff to get in trouble as they do now. Like, now everything is at the palm of your hands. You can literally see somebody naked all the way across the world. You know, you couldn't see that back then. Now there's so much going on. We're driving on the roads. You know, it's just there's so much here to get us in trouble. That's the more that that's why we need to preach discipline and self control even more. Right, right, and that, that's what this comes down to, is that people want to want it, what want what they want when they get it, and they don't want to prolong. They don't want to go through the development in order to get it. Right, and that's what the, which we'll, we'll get we'll get into that some more, but. But so that that's that's the reason Western culture is all cultures seem to have sex, right? But right. but the Western because uh, we're more driven by money and sex sales, right? It's just another. It's one of our things that sells. 
So I'm going to throw in another curveball, mm-hmm. and this may be you can just you can totally bypass all this one if you want to. Mm-hmm. Kama Sutra. Um, it's almost as a religion. Okay. And it, you know what Kama Sutra is all yeah, about yeah, the sexual, yeah, yeah. you know, formations and stuff mm-hmm. like that. How are they? What I don't get is how they're creating that into a religion like that. It, it almost is a spiritual. It's supposed to be a spiritual yeah. connectivity, and I don't like. To me, it's just like, dude, y'all are just being freaky. <laughs> so, okay, so um, my opinion. No, that's great. That's I've that's never thought about this before. Like <laughs> you've never asked me this question before. So, sex is is so. Um, we were we were created spiritual beings, right? Like so, before sin, we were created. So think about it: God is a spirit, or physical. But in the beginning, we were created as physical beings, created as part of our design to be able to communicate and interact with the spirit world, right? Right. So we're very much spiritual, and so you have the spiritual world. Think about God. Holy Spirit, angels, that's the spiritual world. Right. Then you have the natural world, which is like our bio, or like animals the, and the created world. And then humans are both. <clears throat> we're, he, we're, we're created with spirits. Right. Right. So we wedge the two. So um, the whenever a man and wife get together in marriage... How deep do you want to go? <laughs> I don't need a birds and the bees talk. We're no, good. It, it's not. But we can. But we can. We can get very. Um, I just wanted a quick. So what I'm trying to, what I was trying to go with was just trying to understand how because I don't. I don't think that Kama Sutra is literally a man and hu- and a and a wife. I think it does actually. Um, just basically be sexually free or express sexual no, freedom. No, so that yeah, that, that's um, what but I was how do they try to make that into a religion? Like, so I know there's there, there's an evil behind this, obviously. So sex in and of itself was created as both a physical and a spiritual thing. When Paul says that a man and wife becomes one, he said, "I don't know." I'm hoping I'm quoting this right. I, I he, but he's talking about he doesn't really know how this truth is is so but it is that the man and wife become one right everything in the spiritual we also have a physical component to it right so sex is a is is not only a physical commitment but it's a joining of spirits in a covet it's a spiritual act okay right so then uh Kama Sutra or any of the, 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 this stuff, it is taking the reward from something that was meant as a physical and spiritual and just interpreting it and morphing it into something else. Just nothing but pleasure instead of the actual, uh, because Sean McDowell does kind of talk about it, I do believe in here a little bit, and we're getting ready to hit uh, his uh, his blog here in just a second. But yes, that's exactly what I was looking for, was the, that correlation, that how they're tying this into a religion. And I really just don't. I think it's just people because I want to get freaky. They they are they are fit because they're feeling the spiritual connection, but they're feeling it outside of order. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So um, after our statistics, so we've gotten you've answered your the question with why does uh, sex dominate the Western culture? I did come across this really good article. Um, not to put you down or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you gave great. You did a really good job explaining that. Um, so. Dr. Sean McDowell, um, some, some of you might be familiar with him. The man's got a YouTube channel. He's uh, very to-do over in California with uh, Christian schools. Oh, in California, throw him out. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's all Kama Sutra over there. <laughs> uh, anyways, so his blog, um, as I was looking, and it was really good, um, but I only chopped out the most important pieces. So uh, he says, number one, um, why does sex dominate the Western culture is our culture has lost belief in God. Um, to me, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, you see it today. It, it, for one, it's horrible that they're flaunting uh, ball or Satan in your face like every other day. They're putting up a new statue, or you know, it's it, it's being it's okay for people to flaunt this everywhere, even though we have a country that's based f- for religious freedom. Mm-hmm. I just I find it very disgusting that people are, and I, I feel like they're doing it on purpose. I don't feel mm-hmm. like this is literally their religion. I feel like they're doing it well. I'm mad at God, so I'm going to go be a Satan-worshipping butthead, you know? And I really feel like that is the case. Somewhere somebody got butthurt and, you know, somewhere in the Christian faith and then turn around and they went the opposite end just to, just for spite. And I really feel like that's where we're at right now. Some of it, but some of that um, to me comes from like a place of hurt though. Right. right, and then some of it is they just want to go against the grain. That's you know they just let's see it. Like, and forgive just, my mouth because it really irritates me a lot because like they just put the one out in front of some courthouse, the big statue of Ball. Oh, um, I know, no, yeah, I the did. goat, and, you know the whole. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. doing Illuminati signs. Calm down. Um, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, no, they just put that statue, and I don't remember where it was at. Um, maybe you guys will know. Um, but it just it, it's irking me because I feel like it's being done. Out of spite, and it's not. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that there's a some sort of um, working behind those pictures to put up something like that. Like, right there, it's 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 intentional, right? Well, I'm not even going like conspiracy side of it. So, like Illuminati and all that kind of stuff. Um, Yes, I I agree with what you're saying, but I feel like the normal person that gets involved in it yeah. is doing it out of spite. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I, I'm not referring to, I, I'm referring to influence like a spiritual influence. Okay. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Like that, yes, yeah, yes, that's absolutely. what I mean. Yeah, I like, agree, 100%. Um, yeah. Definitely. Um, so, number one, he says, is our, our culture's lost belief in God. Um, I would say more so that it's not that they've lost belief in God. They're being programmed that it's okay to spite God. Mm. Is where I'm is what I'm seeing. Um, so I'm gonna flip on what he's saying and literally say that I, I feel like this is a spiteful attack against God. Um, and it's all being led by obviously otherworldly, you know, a demonic attack if you want to go that route, whatever. Can but, I ask you a question? Yeah. Against God or against the Christian God? Against God. Okay. God's God. To the Christian or not, is God. <laughs> yeah, but the, re- the reason I ask is I don't know if, if it's a pushback on the idea of God itself, but rather a pushback on the Christian conservative the consci- God. Actually, the, consci- the Christian faith. Yeah, like the, the, the God that has, you know, like the, pre- the predominant um, idea of God in this country over the last 50 or 60 years, right? Right. I think it's more of a rebellion. Because I, I, I don't think people are opposed to the idea of God itself, right? Right. But rather this, uh, they don't like the Christian God. Not So that would... The that Christian would, okay. God that's been laid out in front fair of enough. them. Fair that. enough. Yeah, absolutely. And fair enough because, you know, that that is what you hear, especially out of atheists, is it's the attack on Christianity. And it has been for a while, so... Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It, the Christian God, 
the what they think the Christian God is. Yeah, because I think because I think people are open more than ever to the idea of God, um, but just uh, as they choose it right. to be. <laughs> Absolutely, we had yeah. this we had this talk on Sunday in class, and we were talking about literally um, my truth versus the truth, mm-hmm. and the way I see God versus the way God is, and yeah. No, it was a great, great conversation. Um, anyways, so number two is our culture has lost belief in, immortal- in immortality. And he quotes Apostle Paul, if there is no resurrection, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. So um, his connection here to immortality is literally, I'm going to die anyway. Pretty much there's no afterlife. Mm-hmm. So why not just go out and have sex and do whatever I want to do? Party yeah. it up and have a good time. Woohoo! You know, YOLO. Or but. there's no, there's no. They've lost the 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 that there's a consequence in the after that there's an afterlife and there's a consequence in the afterlife to what you do today. So number three is our culture has lost belief in the sacredness of sex. Yeah, you I just agree. touched on that just a minute ago, um, talking about. Um, the, the how sa- how it was a, it's actually a sacred act how we become one the whole nine yards um, and yes I believe that out of boredom out of spite out of um, you said it it creates money and revenue out of pretty much everything that we want in this world sex leads to it all because mm-hmm. sex can get you everything you want sex can get you money it can get you power it can get you fame I mean sex leads to everything. So why not use it to get where you want it, right? No, absolutely. All right. Um, so uh, anyway, Sean McDowell states the uh, the Bible is not against the proper use of sex. And I believe, didn't you, was that you or your brother that was talking about this? I'm not positive. Okay. <laughs> it was, I thought it was last Sunday, but uh, anyways, it says Sean McDowell states the Bible is not against the proper use of sex, but it is against its abuse. God designed sex, after all, and made it pleasurable for a reason. And he quotes Proverbs 5. Um, Scripture tells us sex is a beautiful gift from God that involves a sacred union between a man and a woman. Not a man and a man. Not a woman and a woman. Not a woman man. (laughs) And a man, man, man. (laughs) Just a man and a woman. And as a way can bring glory to God. And then he quoted uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31. You want to look that one up? Yep. Now, this one I do remember. It gives a specific uh, way that it actually glorifies God through sex. Ten what? Ten thirty one. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So there you go. So when you're making love to your spouse or your wife. It can be done in the glory of God. No, absolutely. See, whenever it was talking about, it was a couple Sundays ago that I talked about pleasure. Uh, yeah, right. So we were all designed like the things that our, um, uh, the things that our survival depends upon are pleasurable, right? So, right. Like that's and that speaks to the goodness and love of God. Because what if the things like what if sex hurt, right? Or what if food right. was painful? And this is exactly what you were talking about last. Not last Sunday, but the Sunday before. Correct. And so it was amazing. It was good stuff. It's the, he, he made us in such a way that the things that our survival depends upon is, um, is, is, 
pleasurable, which is awesome. Reading that also, I had some some notes written down. So sex has good and bad, right? There's right. there's sex. So in the same way, so lust is a heightened, focused attention, right? So if I'm lusting after somebody, right. I have heightened attention and I'm focused on them, right? Attention in and of itself is therefore, but is not wrong though. Right. So here's a question. I see, I'm in Walmart. I see a hot chick walking by. Let's say, <laughs> you might want to edit that one out. <laughs> let, let's say, uh, let's say, um, I like Sierra, right? R- Russell Wilson's wife, right? So from who? The, Russell Wilson's wife, Sierra. I don't the, even know who Russell singer. Wilson is. The quarterback for uh, uh for, I don't watch for football. The, oh, okay. I only right, watch right. when the Chiefs are in the okay, Super Bowl. So, That's it. <laughs> anyways, so okay, Sierra, she's a she's a beautiful woman, right? Okay. Okay. See her walking by. To acknowledge her beauty is not to lust. Okay. But to think sexual thoughts. To desire her. Think sexual to covet. Because she's married to Russell Wilson, right? Right. To covet her, desire her with a focused, unbridled attention with the end goal of lust is therefore wrong. Okay. Right? So you, it, it's not to acknowledge that she's a beautiful woman is okay, but to be like, ooh, man, I want to smash that. Exactly. One of those. Wrong. Yeah. Right. Because and, I, sorry, Christians. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, I just want to lay, lay it out there for you guys. See, because I think, and the reason I want to say that for both men and women, because a lot of, um, and I'm not saying if you're walking with your wife that you should ever say it or make your wife feel less than, right? Right. But, but, but I think there's sometimes in, in relationships, it's like the man has to look blinders straightforward and there's like you better not look and there's like this like this control issue yes. right but it's it's acknowledging beauty is not lust right. right it can leave there right but it doesn't mean that it's there and so i think that that that's really important understanding the difference between the the two just acknowledging something is one thing right so i want to go deeper in that because yeah. while you say acknowledging beauty when guys, when you turn around and you look at specific body parts, that is lusting. <laughs> that is not acknowledging beauty. So to let let's say to um to stare, let's say to rubberneck, to do the the, the, the <laughs> you know those that that. But if Sierra walks by, you know, I, I'm kidding. The, um, the, that that sort of stuff. Yeah, that that that's where you are allowing. You're not. Because if you allow that process to keep going, you're going to begin to think about, to fantasize, to keep the the thought train going. Right. So that's where you stop acknowledging you lose that something. Ultimate self control. Yes, gotcha. exactly. Gotcha. The man, that was great. I like that. Um, so, anyways, uh, number four, um, our culture has lost belief that humans are made in the image of God. And then he goes on to explain. Naturalistic evolution, he quotes, as the ideology behind his view on the reason, on this reason, basically stating that humans are formed from a blind material and purposeless and a purposeless process, basically giving humans a scapegoat to act like animals because the naturalistic evolutionary process doesn't make us much different than animals. Did you catch that? No, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, I call it verbal diarrhea. Yeah, I think in 
in my opinion, I think that's two different issues, right? One leads to the other, but that we're not made in the image of God. Let's go back to the analogy of Sierra. All right. <laughs> Sorry. It's just the first thing that popped in, oh, no, in, into my head. Yeah, I bet it did. <laughs> <laughs> so it, when she's walking by, if I'm look, if I view her, this is, or any good looking person, male or female, or, or, right. fe- or, or female, um, if I'm viewing her as the image bearer of God, I'm respecting what I'm viewing. Right. Right. So if you're loving your neighbor like you're supposed to, then my mind is only going to view, no matter how beautiful they are, with the respect that the image of God deserves. Right. right. So this beautiful person in Walmart admiring the beauty is one thing. But to take it further than that is to disrespect the image bearer of God. Right. I, yeah, I like so that. that. That's that. No, that makes absolute sense. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to number five. And Sean McDowell puts this as number five. The number five reason, finally, society is bored. Um, and any quotes that Gen Zers especially are now in a position where everything and anything they want is right at their hands which allows people to live vicariously through others, uh, mainly celebrities. Uh, all this creates a lack in, meaning, in a meaningful life and creating boredom and a lack of, um, purpose, and a lack of a purposeful life. So he says that this will ultimately lead to uh, sex becoming an obsession in society. I wanted to speak to something really, really quick. Yeah. Whenever it says that they're especially bored, right? Mm-hmm. Everything and anything they want is right at their hands. Bored. What is bored? Uh, can you elaborate a little bit? Like, so boredom, I find, is, uh, I mean, the way I look at it is they expect more and more and more. And every generation does because they're given more and more mm-hmm. and more. And then you get to a point where you have everything, but you don't know what to do. So you lose that... That's an acidity where something like a tree might bring joy to you because yeah, it's beautiful and you yeah. find the natural beauty in it. Uh, imagination is one of them. Or uh, you find the sound of a babbling brook. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the sound, just meditating and just keeping you nice and calm. I think because of technology, especially being at our hands, um, even though we have technology at our hands, like it says, it's created the lack of a purposeful life because we can check in and live vicariously through everybody else on YouTube. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be a star. It can be anybody that you just watch all the time. Yeah. You're living through their life and you wish that you had that life. Now you're lusting and you're yeah. wanting to have that. So that's, that's a big issue here. Um, what, what's your perspective on that? So no, along, along those, those same lines. So bored, um, a lack of stimulation in the environment. Absolutely. Right. So then, the the porn is creating a a heightened stimulus that they're not getting other ways. And so porn, sex, any of all those. With this, and he's talking about purpose, which is so true too. The so he's saying the porn is fulfilling the need, right? So right. that's what addiction is. And for, specifically for this so porn addiction or sex sex addictions it's fulfilling a need that they are not getting otherwise so addiction doesn't have to look like somebody who's constantly 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 addiction could be just getting that rush 
that one that they can't stop on their own and that's right. that's creating negative but it doesn't have to be like every five minutes somebody oh no inside. absolutely it's, it's just the getting that, that yes that ultimate it's, rush out of it whenever um so the thing see it's fulfilling see what that what what we do what what porn does is that it fulfills a need that they're not that that they're not getting and in this circumstance porn uh is the easy route to the reward without the battle of developing the social skills nice i like that right absolutely yeah and so absolutely. i can i can I can if this I look the at, cheap way out. Yes, looking at porn, I get to release. I get the sexual release, but I don't have to invest in you. You don't have to invest in me. I don't have to talk to you. I don't have to. <laughs> I don't. I don't have to dress up. I don't know why that was Nothing. funny to me. Like <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's it's just she is like America. Like I'm done with everybody. <laughs> is that well? That's kind of it, <laughs> right? They don't, and so it it it's it's the easy. It's the I want it now, and I don't want to put any work into it. And that's really, and that you're right. I mean, that's where the adultery comes in a lot of times. Um, people having lovers on the side because they don't have to invest emotionally, but they can go get that sexual pleasure, and then come right back mm-hmm. to the marriage life and do their own thing. And there, there's no. Jordan Jordan Peterson talked about how porn it um it drops it it lowers the motivating factor for the man to get out and better himself in order to get the mate. Right? Right. So if when I when a person looks at, at porn, the sexual release that they get from the porn, that if they didn't have it, that would be the motivating factor to be a better person, to dress up, to to right. get out there. But the fact it, it's it's not just that that it the sexual the sexual frustration is released from the porn. It's also it reduces the motivator to make yourself ber- better to be attractive to somebody else. Right. No, and that makes sense. I mean, it it gives you no reason to heighten your not your abilities, but yourself um, yeah, to make yourself more appealing, to make yourself more attractive. Um, here I am talking about that barely, but <laughs> no. I know I'm a beautiful person. Yes, I'm a beautiful inside soul. and out. You're beautiful. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, that makes total sense. It's um, it, it allows you for laziness. And I always say that Christianity just asks you to be uh, responsible for your actions. Mm. And that's where I feel like, um, that kind of comes into play is you're expected to be uh, responsible for who you are and what you do. So if you uh, come up with a, a scapegoat to allow yourself to let go, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be your best. You're not going to be your best for God. You're not going to be your best for your family. You're not going to be best for anybody. Mm-hmm. In fact, it may lead to other issues like pornography mm-hmm. and lusting after other women and you know drug addiction sex addiction mm-hmm. whatever it could be prostitutes it could be anything and the i guarantee you i would put money on this that every sex predator started with porn right like it didn't get there. It didn't just go from I have no sexual inclinations to oh I'm doing 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 doing. So doing do you think this. the effect comes from? So what cre- can create that is an influence from things they've seen and, and then acting and then, it out in pornography. Oh, I got a reward for it's like um, it's like the boy that uh, 
the the boy that gets aroused from the JCP mag, mag the, the JCPenney's lingerie right. section, and then it goes to Playboy, then it goes to Penthouse, right. then it goes to so that they get a little reward, but after a while they need more. It's just just like any other addiction. A little bit is is okay, but then that stimulus your your brain literally it's it doesn't release as much dopamine the next time. So you got to do more to get the same level of reward because right. because on a chemical level. So all of these these sex predator acts that's just it's 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 a pathway to that that all of these little things no longer kept the reward going right right they had to go one step more further, more one more, step more, more right right yeah. so my uh, quick question another curveball talking about that leading to things like oh uh, the the crazy stuff like um whips and chains and mm-hmm. um the oh what's it called Oh, the dude that died hanging from a scarf? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so he was supposedly in the middle of Mm self-gratification and was trying to choke himself. So would you say that that addiction... That that become that that's the same thing. That that's it's not necessarily an addiction, but it's them trying to get that ultimate high. So like like the guy, like the guy with the thing around us. Yeah, he didn't go from never. I think it was. He didn't go from never pleasuring himself to one day he's doing that. Right. It was a pathway, but this isn't working. This isn't working. Oh, I want to try more. Plus, you you couple it with things in the personality. So a person that it, that has higher levels of openness in their personality will be more. If let, let's say you have higher levels in your personality, higher levels of openness in your personality, coupled with a sexual desire that's unbridled, which is lust, right? Right. Right. So let's say unbridled lust in a, in a person that has no openness to experience might not result in that level of gratification in that level. Right. But the right person with the environment that um, supports that, is what produces that. So it's not just the act. Right. Every all of these behaviors, addictions, and the situations, it's usually like the perfect little storm of personality, genetics, environment, and a lack of self control and a coping mechanism, all kind of wrapped together. And uh, with for me, I believe sexually, it's always loneliness. It's a lack of another. It's isolation. I'm gonna be alone. I can't. Because it's it's always meant to be with somebody else, right? And so it's it's trying to fulfill this need without having to to actually get close or not wanting to, feeling like you can't. Some sort of coping mechanism. Okay. If that if that makes sense. I was gonna say it's just people like to enjoy it, but <laughs> okay, but okay, but let, but why? I so I agree with the whole coping mechanism, but I feel like it's. I feel like. You can, there's other things to go get gratification out of. I feel like other people lose sight of reality, um, which it it goes back to what you were saying. Mm -hmm. But I feel like they lose sight of reality. Like, oh, I'm married to the same person. I'm loved to the same person in and out every day. Same thing over and over and over. And now they feel like the grass is greener on the other side. So they step out. Instead of that to cope with that feeling. I, okay, fair enough. You got me. Right. You got so, me. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. Most people think coping whenever the word coping is used. They're thinking of coping from a traumatic event. Like they're doing it because they feel so bad, right? Not necessarily. It's just 
co- instead of dealing with this marriage, how can I get the marriage to be more exciting, to be more fulfilling? Why, how can I get the marriage to give me the reward that I'm trying to get from porn? Okay. Right? Instead of doing it real quick in porn, why not invest the hard work and time into the marriage right. so I'm getting the benefit, right? right. And so they're, they're, they're coping with the feeling that the lost passion of the fire in the marriage is, is, Excuse me. It's all right, is causing them. It's just not being able to. So all of these behaviors are done for one of two reasons, to either relieve a negative emotion or to enhance a positive one. And pornography is the exact same thing. They're either trying to enhance or to relieve, if that, if, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Fair enough. I just, like I said, I was coming at it from that angle of like a major trauma. Yeah. I mean. So it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, okay. So now we're going to move on to the effects. Um, so everybody listen up, um, guys, the, the statistics are in and effects of pornography on your relationships are not, not good. Um, uh, I came across an article by, uh, fight the new org, and pornography is the new drug. I, people are just constantly becoming addicted to it. Um, Number one says, apparently, according to the article, how porn uh, can negatively impact love and intimacy, uh, pornography viewers demonstrate more negative communication. They feel less dedicated to their relationship, less sexually satisfied, and commit more infidelity. That goes back to what you were just talking about. Yeah, because they don't, they're, instead of getting... The, everything that you just said, instead of getting those things from their from their spouse, right. putting in the work, they're getting it from a computer screen without having to do any work. Right, right. It, yeah, there's no... Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. They can get everything that they want, all the pleasure that they want, and but it only lasts for 15 minutes. Mm. So to get that feeling of love and that fulfillment... Now you have to go back and do it again 30 minutes later to get mm-hmm. that 15 minutes of, of fulfillment. And this is where that addiction starts to set in because you become addicted to, like you said, that, that, uh, uh, that feeling. Um, anyways, um, it also says, believe it or not, pornography also creates low self-esteem. Um, I don't understand how... Actually, I do. Um, You're constantly viewing people that are... Especially if you're into the fantasy porns, um, pornography. (laughs) Um, They create this woman with the perfect body, perfect, Mm -hmm. you know, perfect this, perfect that. Or it's perfect sex. Or it's specifically uh, a a type of sex that's going on. I can see, like, I can't do that. So now... Man, I'm becoming, you know, I'm bumming out because yeah. I, I almost would say like it would, re, I, as a person, if I'm if I'm coping with, or if I'm dealing with this and I see pornography and I have this addiction, I could see where I can't relate to them as much as I want to. Like I really have this desire to live vicariously through them, mm-hmm. but for one. The reality is, more than likely, your wife's not going to be that same type of person that you see on that film acting mm. the disgusting way that that poor girl is acting on that film. So that becomes a point of negativity, and mm-hmm. now you are in a lower self. Or now you have lower self esteem about yourself because you don't get to you don't one you don't get to perform that way, and two you can't perform that way. No, and then and then all. all- 
also when you look at it from so that's the mirror effect or or the the comparison effect right so i'm comparing myself to what i see on the screen and if i can't do it i don't feel like i can live up to 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 the standard right, right? so then you you have the other side of, of it also it creates low self esteem by not building the things that create confidence right so confidence comes whenever you go through something you master it you achieve it and you can do it like i've been through this i'm confident that that i that i right. can handle when you're looking at porn you're not talking to people you're not meeting people you're not you're not doing the things that builds confidence so the isolation in your room by yourself right. just supports low self-esteem isolation i'm not doing anything for for myself i'm not and it's just, it supports what all the social media does right i don't right. have to connect i don't have to everything's on, on on screens and so porn is just another way to get the sexual f- fulfillment but not right. actually, any kind of fulfillment yeah I mean, he's, yeah exactly but no you said it, you explained it way better than i could, <laughs> I, could. I was sitting over here like eh, 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 eh. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, it definitely affects your your self esteem. Um, and then I'm kind of lost in my notes here. I don't know what I did. Uh, okay, so it can also it also can show that porn consumption can undermine trust in a relationship and fuels conflicts between couples. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and touch base on that one. It's the it's it's the whole trust issue, right? Um, if 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 I have a wife. Or, or goes both ways. This is just my opinion, right? What we were talking about um, being whenever you see admiring the beauty of a woman, right? There's nothing wrong in that, right? But to be the job of sexual arousal, not job, the um, the place of sexual arousal within the marriage context belongs to my wife. Right. 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 So she sees me being aroused and getting off by looking at another female when that's her place that she's supposed to be that one. Yes. Right. Like that. that's and, awesome. and so, and so whenever I'm giving, that's supposed to be hers. Yeah. She wants that. Like the, she wants me to the same thing that, that this computer screen well, it's is her God given place. Yes, like she, a, yeah. We are married. I made a promise to you to be faithful to you and only you and only basically make love to you. As we talked about earlier, that it is pleasurable, but you can also give glory to God in that commitment because there's a covenant between me, my wife and God. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that is her role in that position. And you are giving that to somebody else. Correct. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Listen up guys. We're giving out tips. <laughs> um, no. It, so I had another question I wanted to ask you, um, over here it says, or so it was the same line. It can, uh, can undermine trust in relations. So another way that it undermines trust is nine times out of 10, if you're married, you're sneaking off, mm-hmm. you're doing things behind your wife's back. If she catches you, What's going through her mind now? It's literally, what else are you hiding behind my back? Mm-hmm. Are you running off with a woman? Are you out doing drugs? Are you out doing mm-hmm. this? Are you out doing that? So I can understand where they talk about how it creates and fuels um, the, a trust issue in a relationship. And ultimately, relationships, if they don't have trust, they're done. No, absolutely. absolutely. And, then, and then also, because... If if she catches you doing that, her mind's going to think, okay, you're just looking at porn right right now. Where is this going to lead? 
Well, right. that and I'm not good enough for you. Yeah, like exactly. we married yeah. each other. We made this promise to God, but you're not fulfilled in that. Uh, so that fulfillment loss. And to me, honestly, that would that would break my heart. Like to yeah. my wife would be like, dude, <laughs> like, I can't even believe you. Just How about how about using it as what are your thoughts on using it as a way to spice up the relationship? So a lot of marriage counselors, not secular marriage. Okay, a lot of a lot of secular marriage counselors actually uh, and can not actually not a lot. There are marriage counselors that encourage porn in the marriage to spice it up. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I wouldn't. For one, porn's gross. Like I'm not gonna lie, as a young young guy, yeah, absolutely, I did, but. It's, I don't know, for real, I'm, I don't know if I want to go into this for real, because if I'm going to make love to my wife, uh-huh. the way I see it is I want to be focused on my wife, no, no matter what. I don't want some weird noises in the background, some dude moaning and groaning. I don't want to see other people naked on TV. Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't turn me on, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I know my wife is probably going to shoot me for talking about this, <laughs> no. but... If I'm going to make love to my wife, I want to make love to my wife. And Absolutely. I only want to think about her. And I only want mm. to be a part of her. That's it. I don't I don't want anything else going on around me. Like, I just... So how about Christian couples that want to use that in their marriage? What do you say, say to that? I say... So there's... I have a few tips down here on how to fight that. But I say okay. invest yourself back in your wife. Into each other. If you want to spice your life up, let's... Go get lingerie. You know? Go... Play role play, do things mm. like that. Continuously keep your wife and your spouse activated mm. in the situation. Figure out this is possible. Figure out whatever need that that porn is meeting. Figure out how the marriage can meet that need. Right, right. You and know, they actually for the so on here they have a few a few ways to kind of combat it, and we'll get into that because that's kind of part of it. Uh, but no, absolutely, I agree. It's man, if you're gonna go invest your time in another woman, dude, you've got five, ten years invested in a family. It's not just mm-hmm. another woman. You have an yeah. entire family, and you're out seeking pleasure from some loose hussy. It's <laughs> 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 yeah. just running around and flashing her stuff everywhere. Like, no, come on. Um, to me, there's more intimacy there. And intimacy to me is everything. It's more important because the connection is so much more, is so much better. You know, and intimacy is important. It's not just being intimate, which the way the secular world will have you believe that it's just, it's literally having sex. Um, to me, intimacy means a connection and being, like you said, one. And it is for my spouse only. It's not for any other woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that I feel like intimacy is, is super important. And that by reconnecting that intimate moment or the intimate, the intimacy within your marriage will ultimately bring you back that pleasure. Absolutely. You know, it, it, but it's up to you. You can't just, well, I expect you to do this in the bed. <laughs> I'm going to be a lazy lover. Yeah. You know, it's, it's figuring each other out. It is. And mm-hmm. it's 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 giving and taking. You can't just take all the time. You got to give. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that you're you're giving your woman the intimate parts that she's looking for too. Or women giving your man, right? <laughs> well, like I said, we feel like this is more of a man thing, <laughs> but and the ladies are over there like, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. So um, 
uh, where did I go here? Um, I think, was that the last one? Oh, so no, I said I had the statistic here, and it said uh, for, we were talking about um, for Christian couples, and, and couples just in general, it says pornography, and even as married couples, pornography consumer or consumers as couples are twice as likely to divorce or break up. No, I don't doubt it. So they're over here pushing this on you guys. Is it a conspiracy theory to get more divorces? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I honestly feel like what they're trying to do is give you the advice to try to spice up the life, but it ultimately creates envy because you're focused on somebody else that's not your spouse. And I just don't agree with it. I think when you're making love, you should be 100% focused on that person that you're making love to, your wife. And that's just how it should be. That's the way it was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Um, and then it's the last one I got here is, uh, I think we've already kind of touched base on this. Porn creates a false expectation in relationships, fueling more insecurities. Mm-hmm. So what do you, you want to say on that? It's that, 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 that same, that, <coughs> that comparison or that mirror, right? You see that female on TV doing something and you think, oh, my wife should do that. Right. Or the, and then, or just the whole, or why doesn't my wife look like that? Yeah, like exactly. my wife is a real woman. Like yeah. that's what I want is a real woman. Yeah. Not some, you know, floozy that's just like, Oh, I can take my clothes <laughs> off anywhere I want. Like I have a woman at home. I don't yeah. want some dingbat, you know, yeah, and not to insult women, but I, like I, I got a real woman at home. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yes, porn creates that false expectation that, you know, oh, my wife should look like this woman or my wife should look like that. And keep in mind, she buried you two, three kids. And, you know, that that's beauty to me. Yeah, that's that is it. absolute beauty to me. Like she gave you two kids. Like yeah. you should be over there like, man, you're still gorgeous. Yes. Absolutely. You know, um, and then finally moving past that, we've come down. I came up. So I came across this website that had um, a couple tips on how you can kind of combat the temptations. Um, I'm going to add one at the end as well. Um, anyway, the all pro dad website gives these tips to help combat sexual immorality and temptation. Uh, number one, obviously avoid tempting situations. <laughs> what, what are your tempting situations? There? Because I feel like it can be everywhere. No, absolutely. And, and these also, I know it's, uh, we're not just talking about married or or the, the, these are tips to combat the temptations of sexual urges, right? So this right. is for these are these are for everybody. Avoiding tempta- tempting situations is just like being alone, um, not just being a being in places that um, you can always feel the energy of a, of, a, of a person. You kind of know, you know, you know what I mean. Um, uh, avoiding tempting like like with porn put if you need to put things on your computer if you if when every time you put blockers on your on the computer don't watch shows that have a lot of um visual stimulating things music everything i mean the, the more that you put in front of your eyes the more that you're going to focus on it you know what i mean right um so and then they go on for i i feel like this is the most important one right here always always consider the consequences you know, it's enough to go back and ask God for forgiveness for the impure thoughts that you're having. But, man, if you act on these thoughts, think about the fact that you are destroying your family. You're putting your kids through all kinds of literally hell. Mm-hmm. 
and what you've just done to the person that you swore to God that you would love forever, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You just destroyed her. This is the most likely the one not to be done, especially when you're dealing with an, with an addict too, mm-hmm. or not just an addict, with somebody that struggles with, with it, because all of the consequences they're going to justify and think that there's going to be a, re- a way a way around it. So using uh, focusing on consequences, training that as a habit is a really good tip because most likely you're not do- in the, in the moment any consequence that you're thinking of you're also justifying it and say oh that's not going to happen to me right right, you know, right. that that sort 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 of no thing. absolutely no i agree with that 100% and it's it's really sad because in the world we do not on anything, it doesn't even have to deal with sex. We do not stop and consider the consequences, <laughs> or it's not going to happen to me. Right? I'm, I'm, been, I'm not. I'm not a statistic. Like even I my boss be. is like, stop and think. What can happen? Like who stops and thinks? What can happen? <laughs> Man, I'm trying to get my job done. I'm just going to go and do it. So I get it. It's it's one of those things. Like it, it, you just don't do it, and I feel like that takes a lot of self control and self discipline to get yourself to train yourself, like you said. To consider the thought or to think about the consequences mm-hmm. that can actually happen from your actions of what you're about to do or thinking about doing. Um, this one's another great one. Number three, use social media with caution. So I wish I could remember the numbers specifically. In the last few years, Facebook and social media sites have been listed in something like 80% of divorces. Wow. So yeah, it's been, it's literally Facebook. Instagram, they've been named personally in something like, I'm pretty sure I'm pulling that out right. Something like 80% of divorces over the last few years have specifically named social media, like Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that. And that makes sense because if you go back up to our statistics that we had about pornography and internet use, it literally said that 70% of women admit to hiding uh, yeah, yeah. hiding their, uh, or not sharing their online uh, information, which means... They're on Facebook, chirping in people's DMs and, you know, whatever, which is the same thing with men. Men are doing it, too. Mm -hmm. Again, we have lost sight of how just how uh, sacred sex and marriage really is. And so, again, just to recap back on what we were talking about earlier. um, Number four, I feel like this goes along with number two, that it's not going to happen. Question your intent. Yes, and I like this one, though, because of uh, the Bible says, there, there's a verse in the Bible that says, work out, your sal- work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, right? So in that whole work out your own salvation, salvation is your belief, it's, you're working it out. So God's not going to tell you to do something if you don't have the ability to do it. So working out your salvation means you're looking in the mirror and being honest with yourself and saying, what, where am I with God? What's my motives? What's my intent? All that. Right. So this thing of question your intent, it's, you know, like, you know, when you talk to that person, you yep. know, well, I'm just going to search this and see what might come up. <laughs> like, come on, man. You know what you're doing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, so, and so that's, 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 um, but ultimately that holds you responsible for your actions. Oh, absolutely. Now the problem is, is like you said, can you look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself yeah, and stop right. yourself? I don't yeah. think it can happen. A lot of people, I don't, I feel like, yeah. like you said, they're going to justify their actions. They're going to be like, Oh, well, nobody's watching. Yeah. So well, which character 
Character is defined as what you do when nobody's looking. Yeah. And there's a, well, there, there's a verse in the, in the Bible that talks about how people read the Bible, and they refer, it might be in James, where they, he, he, they refer to it as a mirror and said, they look in the Bible like a mirror, seeing the dirt on their face and turn around and forget it, right? So they, they look in the mirror, they see what's wrong, but they're like, oh, that's all right, and they turn around and they do their own, their, own, their own thing. So questioning your intent is not just questioning it, but it's seeing the intent, the dirt in the mirror, and wiping it off. Most, most people don't. You know? No, no, they really don't. And I think, I think as we move like further from like you know the forties, the fifties, the sixties, where you know there was strong Christian background in most households, that ultimately this world has created the illusion of um, oh they they call it. <laughs> They claim it in the Hellfire Club, Ben Franklin and all them, that just do as you will, do as you uh, want, yeah, yeah. you know, go out and just have fun, blah, 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 which goes back to, again, what we were talking about earlier, which was... Um, Eat, drink, and be merry. Right, right. So, and then, so let's see, what's this other one that's on here? Um, again, we've already kind of touched base on this one. So, number five is practice sexual intimacy with your spouse. It says, when our minds and hearts are occupied in the right place... Sexual lust has little room to operate. And I like that little quote. Um, If you're more focused on your wife, you're more focused on your family, you're more focused on doing things to keep your wife happy, you really don't have time to think those nasty thoughts. You don't have time. I would feel like, I would say like you, you're not on an, there's not an empty vase for temptation to come in. You literally are full and you don't have to worry about Correct. Those things setting in your mind. Let me speak to a different side of it. So I'm divorced, right? So I'm a single man. So it's a little different being single uh, going through this and then whenever you're being married, right? So whenever we're, we're, we're talking about keeping your heart and your minds occupied in the right place and focused, right? And I know it's so cliche, and they almost—not that they ruined it. You know uh, the what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Right? And I know it's very cliche. I still love it though. <laughs> right? But it's so true. Right. It's the most simplest thing, right? So as a single man, and actually as a divorced man, so it's it's, it's you have a wife. That you Ladies, don't. he's single. <laughs> no, that's not what I say. Being having somebody and then not—it it puts a different. A different twist on it, right? Because you've had the relationship, the person laying next to you in the bed. You've had all this, but now you don't, right? right? So it's it's this not just longing for something I've never had, but it's longing for something that I did have, right? So looking at it from that, how to keep your mind and heart in the right place for the single man and woman is that when you truly have the lens on how can I love this person to the best of my ability, right? Right. That, that's just, if you can develop that lens with every, with just, not just like I intentionally have it with you and I intentionally, just the lens that I have before I encounter everybody is to try to love them like Jesus would. Right. Lusting after her, um, sleeping with her, doing leading her on or leading him on, all of these and things are not what's best for them, right? And so... 
when the sexual desire, like when you see you're a single guy or, or girl or guy, you're at the gym and everybody's scant, scantily clad or whatever, working out in front of you, and you see things that lead your mind down those those things. If at the very beginning, right, the Bible says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, right? So you take it at the very beginning. You're in the gym and you're lifting, and some girl and and workout clothes bends bends right over in front in front in front right. in front of you. You keep your mind and i'm not this isn't some cliche this isn't like some foodie duty thing but if you really have the lens what is best for her right now not me what's best for this stranger that bent over in front of me that any man that sees this is going to be could be go down that yes i mean i mean it's a it's a person at a gym been like how do you stop that if if you can get in your everyday life What's best for her in the eyes of God, right? It stops it. It, it, it's, it stops it. It's interesting. Right? Because my, I want to love them as best as I can. Right. That's my priority above my own So you're saying when you achieve that, that, that phase where you can actually that, yes, like be honest with yourself. Then and, it's, it, it pauses it. I don't have any – it's not what's best for them. And then I'm not even trying not to lust after this person. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, – it's not – it's, it's just not what's best for me or for for them. So for me, when I'm in the gym and that happens, and guys that go to the gym, not that I've been going a lot lately, you can probably tell, <laughs> but, but when you for guys that, that, that go to the gym, I guarantee you this is a problem, right? I guarantee yeah, it. absolutely. And so when you I go, feel like that's one of the number one yes, places that exactly. women so, get okay. harassed at. <laughs> so when you're at the gym and they're in, and there's all people dressed in different in different ways, if you can keep the lens is what is best for this individual, not even looking at yourself, just what's be- it's not wrong to see this beautiful person and for it to trigger something. Right. But right then bring that thought obedient to Christ and how you bring it obedient to Christ is how would Christ love them? Gotcha. Right. I like and that. that that's, that's it's, a good just, it's, it's just something for single for one year. It's for, for anybody, but looking at lust and porn and this stuff from a yeah, single but I feel perspective, like a single perspective it's, it's is going to be different. a little harder than yeah, a man that's married. Yeah, I, I got it's, that. It's just, it's, it's because a single person, uh, is, it's okay to look, right? right. It's a, you're trying to see if there's an attraction to see if we, right. if we can go further. I, I'm not bound to any. So the, the balance is a little, it's a little, where if you're married, it's stay away. It's a little bit of a gray area. <laughs> it is, it is, it really is. Because if you're married, stay away, yeah. like anything. But if, if we're not married, we're trying to, we're trying to fill trying each to other find out a partner. without crossing yeah. the line. Absolutely. You know I mean? Absolutely. Ladies, he's single. <laughs> uh, so we went through all these, let's see here. Um, uh, oh, yeah, okay. This one's big. Pray consistently. Um, I feel like as soon as that temptation's hitting you, it's time to pray. As soon as, I mean, just within the seconds that it's just popping in your head, you should be, boom, hey, God, I need help. Um, I, I, I'm deviating from the journey that I'm that you've set forth for me, and it, it, I need your help to bring my mind back to it. And it, it's definitely time to call on the big guy. So um, I definitely feel like praying consistently for one, not just for in the moment, but staying in prayer for all those kinds of things. You know, staying to keep your mind right and keep wisdom and, and, and stay strong in your mind, I feel is going to be 
way. I, th- I think I, I think one way we can look at this, especially coming from messenger church, if you go to this church, but charismatic circles is also using. And I do go to this church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, instead of pray consistently, which is yes, absolutely. But the purpose of that is to be aware of the presence, right? Right. Because you, you, praying consistently is is your prayer is a focused conversation with with God. So it, it's consistently connected with the Holy Spirit is a big way. So I think that also goes back to um, when we were talking about uh, when our minds and hearts are occupied in the right place, sexual lust has little room to operate. So keeping your mind focused on God, focused on Jesus, focused on your spouse and your family, uh, you really shouldn't have too much concern with uh, lustful thoughts. Um, I'm not going to say they're not going to creep in once in a while. They do. But stay focused on you know, the goal at hand, and you should be good. Philippians 4, 8. I pulled this up a second ago. Nice. Um, it says, uh, let me find a good version. I like, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So it's telling you what to focus your thoughts on. Right. Right. So when that, when that girl in the, in the gym bends over in front of you, don't keep thinking about it. Take your mind to things that are lovely, and you have the power to do that. Right. That's where nobody is with that excuse. Cause yes, we, hold ourselves you accountable. You can control your thoughts. Right? I understand if you've been thinking about it for hours about this, this person because you didn't control your thought. But once you see that and that trigger comes in, snap it down right then. That's the don't let it keep growing. Well, they, well yeah, for couple hours yeah no <laughs> like, bro you're just a perv man turn your head um so we went through pray consistently and then another one which i really like this is choose your friends wisely yeah. sometimes the surroundings around us and the people the influences we don't always have the greatest people around us and sometimes they're not looking out for your best interest Sometimes they want what they want or they think they can get something through you, um, whether they think uh, you can go talk to a hot girl and through them or through you, through her, they can get hooked up or whatever, whatever the kids are saying these days. Um, That's talking about lust. I feel like um, if you don't have a good circle. Absolutely. You're set up for failure. And dudes, if anybody has worked any sort of construction sites, any sort of areas like that, I know it's hard to not be around those conversations, but just get out of the conversation. Like if it, even if it means isolation while you're on the job, it's it's what it's it's better than getting caught up in those type of conversations. That is one thing that I do love about my job, um, specifically Marble Life St. Louis. Um, <laughs> we so I basically I am a one man crew. Um, and that's how we operate. Most of our guys are foremans. They go out, they do their own jobs. Um, they're by themselves. They don't have an apprentice or anything else that I love because I can throw my headphones on mm-hmm. and just go to town working. And a lot of times I don't have, even if I come across a customer who is really pretty or something like that, I, that just doesn't set in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about the task at hand. It's about being professional, making mm-hmm. sure that I provide, you know, exemplary service, through, you know, because our, our company's name is on the line. But making sure that they're getting the customer service that they deserve and ultimately being professional and walking away. Um, I do find it, however, um, that when I have somebody with me, depending on the character, depending on who it is, I'll cuss. I will and I have to catch myself and then Mm -hmm. switch my mind back to. (laughs) Sorry. Back to um, 
uh, trying to go back to thinking cleanly and trying to be careful about what I say. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to lie. Cuss words come out of my mouth so, so easily. Yeah. And uh, I, I do try, but, man, sometimes, like, when I get flustered, boom, they just start yeah. flying out. And I 